It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode. He's returned, not from the dead, but I don't know where he's been. Somewhere else. That's where he was. It's Mr. Mayor. Hello, sir. Howdy. It's been a few weeks, hasn't it? What's going on? You look great. Your hair is sharp. It's on point. Right there. It's there. Um, uh, See, um, doing well. I'm now, I now have a two in front. Did I, I don't know if I said this before. I have a two in front of my weight. There you go. There you so I go. started at 397 almost a year ago, about what, a year ago. I'm now 296. That's, so just about num- that's just a number on the scale, Andrew. How do you that's feel? Right. How do you feel? I do feel really good. Yeah. I feel like I like it's nice to go for a walk with my dog and when mm-hmm. I hit the hills, can still talk to my wife the whole way up there <laughs> without you. getting uh all all uh, winded and everything else. So things like that. It's really nice. Are you ti- um, are you at that point yet where you're tired of everyone talking to you about your weight? Uh, I get tired, but then it kind of comes in waves. Okay. Whenever I have a new milestone, on recently crossing over that hundred mark miles, hundred pound milestone, you know that that's a I'm happy to talk about that. Then I'll get sick of it in a week or two. <laughs> have you done the, uh, the? Sorry, so many questions about this. Even after saying, are you sick of talking about it? Have you done the uh, the the uh, fashion uh, re, re fry, revive re show re? A you... little bit, mostly going to Goodwill. Okay. I've had to. In fact, it was the last. I think the last time I was on, I looked like I had a uh, a pastor. My shirt was so hanging down so low, it looked like I was a pastor. So I had a black shirt on. So I may I I've gone out and I bought some smaller shirts from goodwill i've bought a few um new pairs of pants i had to buy several new belts i got belts that that instead of having to drill holes in the middle of the time i got that they are kind of adjustable and stuff to kind of make me get me through the next few months because it's not gonna i it's gonna keep changing so i didn't want to like go out and buy brand new clothes and then have to buy them in a few more months again so yeah, it's interesting. I think there's a whole uh, like theory and way of thinking as far as that goes, right? Aren't, aren't there some people that would say, no, go get yourself something nice in the size that you're at right now, have an outfit. And then as it continues to adjust, then you have another outfit or are you just, you know, you're like, no, yeah, it does I'm not, not. doesn't seem practical to me. I don't, I think I would feel dumb wearing something that is fits that is, I'm not going to be able to fit into soon. In fact, I bought one shirt for my trip coming up and I think I, I bought it. I bought it at one size, and I'm already re- kind of regretting it. I'm like, I think it's going to be too big by the time we go on the trip. Well, that's... but that's just one shirt. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? You're worth it. You're worth the one shirt. I'm worth the one shirt. Was it a Hawaiian shirt? Be honest. No, it was a yellow shirt, though. Okay, so like a Hawaiian. Nice, shirt. nice bright yellow, so everyone knows that I'm walking. Down. <laughs> Look, it's me. It's I'm walking. What's going on? Uh, let me ask you this. Anything else going on? Anything else exciting? Things that uh, have occurred recently? Let's not have it be weight-centric. Anything? Nothing. Nothing like... made. Well, so, oh, yes. So there's a few things. I've been traveling more. Okay. Um, for work, work or just for, for pleasure? Okay. No, just for work. Okay. Um, And, and the, I'll, I'll mention one weight thing. It's nice to get on a plane and have room in the, in the, um, the seatbelt. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, like literally, like, I don't have to like, just barely like for for a long time i wouldn't use an extension but it was because i would just like suck in and just pull it and live that way um i have i now have a gap between the if i want to uh, with that so that's a that's a nice thing no but we i went to uh well dallas that's just the drive and then i went up to nashville and i learned that hot chicken 
<laughs> is wonderful on the tongue. Oh yeah, but not in the belly after you've had surgery <laughs> like this. It's great. Oh for the man, tongue, it, but not it, for the belly. It messed me up Ooh. so bad for Ooh. about five days, and Ooh. I didn't even. I can't eat very much of it, so it's not like I like had this big amount of hot chicken. But I, yeah, it messed me up really bad. Um, so and I so, only got so getting over not, it today. So if it's not the quantity, is it just because of its temperament? I think it's the spice. Like huh. I'm a huge, I love hot stuff. Not anymore. So I may have a hard time. I, I might have to, again, I'm still relatively close to surgery. So it might be, it might, it might be that. So we'll, we'll just have to see. I think I just won't do, I think I'll try these things when I'm at home as opposed to being <laughs> on the road um but the other thing about being on the road is uh i am i am i have got my my book will be coming out my new book will be coming out this year and so mm -hmm. i'm i've been i've made end roads towards getting that again getting that done and because when you're out on the road you're able to work more you can focus lock in and, and yeah is that the deal? And i usually spend more time writing in a hotel because i'm just sure. kind of my there's nothing else to think about there's no church calling or or anything I, I usually spend at least an hour before i start watching netflix or whatever um so um and and once you kind of get on a roll then it just kind of gets going so now even though i'm home i'm writing more at home so it just kind of jump start jump started that so that's that'll be coming out in december i mean it, i've had it i've had it planned out to come out then anyway but it's it's nice to have a jump start and kind of get pushed through I want, I want to ask you this, and I know I said I'd leave it alone, but do you know technically what the limitations for a COS on a plane is? What's you know what COS? that is? COS is a customer of size. No, I don't know. For uh, I, know in, I know I've been asked sometimes if I need two seats, and I usually, I told them no, and it made me feel bad uh -huh. <laughs> every time they would ask. But it made me feel bad because I, it pointed out that I was a customer of size. So I don't know. I don't know that the the deal. What I would do is I just curl up like this <laughs> and try to stay off someone you'd else. Swaddle, you'd swaddle yourself so that you didn't. I always sit in the, the window seat and I lean mm -hmm. way over because I didn't want to bother anyone else yeah. next to me. I also have strategies for because uh, I fly Southwest most mostly uh, for how if there is open seats, how to. Well, first of all, I'm a big guy, but uh, how to keep someone from sitting in the middle seat next to me. <laughs> if there's mm -hmm. open seats how is that so, tell please share so well so i know i know that my size would make people go oh i don't know if i want to sit next yeah. to that guy uh, so i there's would no sit other in my seat, seat so i'll go there while but people are choosing i sit really big making <laughs> it not fun and i and, and it's where you choose to sit too so right in the the row right in front of the the exit row seats uh-huh no one really, no, everyone wants to go past it. They want to see the exit row seats. And when, and then when they see me, they're like, oh, let's see if there's something at the back of the plane. By the time everyone's gone to the back of the plane, I'm probably one of the last places that it's only if there's nowhere else to sit, do they come back up and go, well, I guess I got to sit there. Yeah. So yeah. I have a whole, I have a whole strategy of how that works. And I, you know, I still, I still do it because it's in my mind that that's where I, that's what I do. And then, and I was kind of annoyed on one of my flights. Oh, I have to have someone sit next to me. And then it wasn't, it's not that bad. Yeah. So, because it's not a big deal anymore. So it's yeah, I'm not as. But when I was 397 pounds, it was a big deal. It made made sure that my flight was very uncomfortable because I I worry about them and I worry about me and then I, you know, curl up. Isn't it crazy the uh the things like the um the secondhand things that you worried about or that oh yeah that, that are still, now I still worry yeah, about. yeah yeah 
Yeah. And then I, then I realized there's nothing to worry about anymore. There's not a big deal. I also think it's uh, pretty funny that your way to fend off other passengers sitting next to you on a plane is also similar to how you fend off a mountain lion. Make yourself Get big. Rid, make yourself really big. Stay away. I'm going to... I want to make it seem like I'm going to spill over to their seat, even though when they actually get there, I'm really going to curl up and I make sure there's no spillage over into their side. <laughs> so, so, well, well, uh, I'm I, I'm glad to hear about your journey uh, as you come to this uh, general conference now, just less than a week away. Let me ask you this. Uh, do you have any sort of uh, eating traditions that are going to be uh, affected because of uh of what's going on as far as general conference goes. Cause I know general that it, conference, it's we've like never this, had eating traditions. It's yeah. like the super bowl uh, for mm-hmm. most members of the church, right? It's cinnamon rolls for breakfast. And then it's the French toast buffet for the second session. And then it's, you know, ice cream after the third session. And we just eat all weekend long. No, we don't really have any traditions. I think because I don't have kids, mm-hmm. so we've never made it a thing. So mm-hmm. it's, it's usually cereal for breakfast if that's what, you know, and then, um, then it's usually, what do you want for lunch? <laughs> but that's that. That's, yeah. What do you want? I don't know. What do you want? Yeah, I don't right. know. You do that for a while. And then um, well, I'll usually do a normal Sunday dinner. But yeah, nothing, nothing major. Um, and so it's I don't have many options now. And I, this year I probably will be doing something small because there's a, a fellow who joined the church, um, a fellow of, of dis- has uh, he's differently abled, joined the church a few years ago in our area. And um I'm going to let him come to our house for general conference on the Sunday. Um, uh, and so he'll have to deal with the fact that I'll be tweeting in the afternoon on Sunday. That's Sunday. right. Sunday That's afternoon. Right. Be sure you follow the cultural hall at the cultural hall on Twitter all weekend long. And in fact, wrapping up to it as well, we will be tweeting the various sessions, our hot takes, our mild takes, our cold takes. Um, so I will be making chicken wings mostly because so he, we have something to f- feed him. Um, I'll probably eat one, maybe uh-huh. two. <laughs> just make sure, just make sure that they're actual chicken wings, so that you don't get sued, because otherwise they're just chicken nuggets. Yeah, no, they're actually they have bones in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to have bones in them in order. And to, I otherwise, made sure you end they up... were mild. These yeah. are not buffalo. After yeah. after Nashville hot chicken, Oof. these are going to be mild. With that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got to tell you about this. So uh, my wife, not a member of the church, giving me a hard time the other day about the word of wisdom which was a fun discussion because so, so she uh, recently, she purchased herself a, uh, a fancy uh, espresso machine, you know, the were and the, (laughs) you know, the whole thing. And she's like, I I am passionate about this coffee and I would love it if you would drink this coffee with me. And I said, I appreciate the passion of which you have for it. I won't be doing that. And she's like, Oh, Oh yeah, no, go ahead. Drink your pre-workout. How many milligrams of caffeine is this? Oh, I'm sure that that's healthy for you. Yeah, no, well, that's no, the co- that's the question, right? Is it a is it a health code or is it something else? Right. So we had a much larger sort of philosophical conversation around it all, uh, in the which I was quoted saying something like, "I I don't think that when I get to heaven that God is going to embrace me and say, oh, I'm so glad you didn't drink coffee. That is not my belief.'" <laughs> That is not what I adhere to. That is not why I do it. It is not anything like that. But I mean, I appreciate those conversations that uh, occur within the walls of my home because it does. And and to her point, she brought up various points about it. Uh, 
because of the the smoker which resides in my backyard, I eat an incredible amount of meat, specifically red meat, and I just need to not anymore. It it you know as much as I like to pretend that I can still eat like a five year old, I can't. Mm-hmm. And you know those things have impact, have effects, and so. So I eat far less red meat than I ever have. This was the the, the word, keeping me on the word of wisdom surgery, I guess. Yeah, that's all. Um, that's all it was. Like, yeah. You just needed the assist. It was close. You were thinking yeah. about walking. Well, it's off because the path. any any I, I can I can eat the like ground beef, but anything so far I still anything that's really dense like uh-huh. steak it just uh-huh. kind of messes me up. So really, and 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 breads mess me up. So even yeah. though technically the doctor I don't have any restrictions anymore, mm-hmm. I have personal restrictions. Good, <laughs> but. Good. But to your point on the the word of wisdom, I would really love to know everyone's opinion on this. And I think we've had other episodes on this, but sure. I personally don't. I think that there's health benefits from the word of wisdom, but the, I don't think it's a law of health. It says mm-hmm. it right in it. It's not a law. There's no there's no law that is is temporal in nature. It is, and and I learned this more. I think once I started leaving Utah, and in Utah I never had to explain myself, and so mm-hmm. so. Because you know, and I didn't even have to think through it. I just did it. It's just what I what I did. And then now, um, people will ask me, and and if it's it's easier for people to get that I've done this to set myself apart from the world and to to build my relationship with the, our heavenly Father through a covenant and through through sacrifice than it is for me to say not drinking coffee is healthier mm-hmm. because <laughs> as I'm as you know as as I'm sitting chugging down. Um, you know, all this Mountain Dew, which I don't do anymore, or, you know, all this, all, all this steak and all this unhealthy food. I'm sitting, what do I have to lecture someone else on, you know, whether the, ha, coffee is healthy or not. And truthfully, I don't see very much about coffee that is unhealthy, hmm. right? Um, unless you're adding a lot of sugar to it. And, and sure. I know there's cream, all the, the additives, things sure. like that. But the caffeine I know is, is a problem. But if the caffeine's a problem, then we should have a caffeine problem everywhere, right? Sure, so. sure. And then I can remember as a missionary, it's like, oh, you know, it's the tannic this, it's the acid yeah. that, and it's just like, ultimately, it 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 you either you either think it's a thing that God wants you to do or not. That's and depending on what year that. you're in, you know, eggs might be worse than coffee, or they might be the best thing for you, depending <laughs> depending yeah. on what science right. report is coming out now. Uh, you can send those emails contact at theculturalhall.com. Worth noting. Uh, a recent article that uh, a study by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention found that on average, 57% of children up to five years old are drinking sugary beverages at least once a week. And the beehive state is above the national average with 66% of kids consuming sugar added drinks. You guys have, you guys have like places that just for those drinks. Mm-hmm. Biz and some what are the, some of the other yeah. ones that you have the dirty yeah. the dirty sodas? I mean that that's just a ton of ton of well, sugar right there. Well, and the thing and the thing for me is is okay, but you can't if you find yourself you know you're dropping your kids off at the school and then you're getting in line at the whatever, you can't turn your nose up at the people that you know right do do other things right like it it is the same like. I, when you know, I used to drink soda so much. I I one time saw the you know how you know when a when a rat in a cage keeps hitting the button mm-hmm, mm-hmm, as I'm mm-hmm. walking up to the soda machine and hitting that thing. I felt like a rat in a cage so many times. 
because I, I like there were times when I was like, I was I, I'm like, well, I, I can't even finish the day without go getting going, getting something. Yeah. It's the only way I could make it through the day. And that that's just as much addictive as whether it's sugar or caffeine or anything else that, you know, so if 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 that, you know, you definitely can't turn your nose up to someone who's who's got it, especially, you know, 397 pounds overweight or, you know, uh, so yep. it's just just a different way to look at it. And because my brain works this way, I can't leave what you said alone without saying, despite all your rage, you are still just a rat in a cage. Uh, well, as I said it, I was singing the song in my head. Uh, nice smashing pumpkin song. Let, let's take a break. Okay, wait. Actually, I'm going to tell you this funny story. So when I was 15 years old, uh, I asked this girl out that I always wanted to go on a date with. And I had floor tickets to see the Smashing Pumpkins at the Delta Center. And I asked her out on a date. And this was early in my dating because obviously I was only 15 years old and shouldn't have been dating. And secondarily, I uh, didn't pick her up. So I called her from a payphone at the Delta Center. And I was like, hey, concert's going on pretty quick. Are you going to come? And she's like, well, I don't have a ride. And I was like, well, I got you a ticket. Get down here. She ended up not coming. A wasted floor seat to the Smashing Pumpkins at the Delta Center because... You didn't bother to figure out how she was going to get there. I, I was, you were 15. It, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. And that, everyone, that is why God didn't want me dating. Let's take a break. We'll come back and do the actual articles of news. Best DJ in Utah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these, and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy DJing events all over the country, uh, but especially here in Utah. Been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a, a prom or two for different listeners of the Cultural Hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com, or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, hey, I heard about you on the Cultural Hall, because maybe, just maybe, I give a Cultural Hall discount uh, all sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a, a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity. I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out. You're simply going to need to go to bestdjinutah.com. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop and they start at only $29 a month and it comes with a lifetime warranty. Just check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here in the second block, we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Coming up in the third block, by the way, temple ticker, including uh, some predictions as far as temples that will be announced during general conference. Uh, we're going to do it a little bit differently this time. We're going to uh, only allow a certain amount to be guessed. That way we can have actual percentages and be able to bet a little bit of money on it. So if you also have any general conference predictions, Andrew, at the end of our little bit, I'll ask you about those. Giving you that heads up. I normally don't do that. I'm feeling generous. All right. I don't uh, know if I have any, but I'll think the, of someone for them. The uh, first news story I want to share, if you've never seen this before, if you go to the Utah State Capitol, uh, inside there is the Mormon meteor. Now, you might have think you might think, well, wait, shouldn't it be the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints meteor? No. Uh, it is, uh, because it was named in that time, a fast, fast car. Now, people I don't think realize this, but the uh, the salt flats, are actually world-renowned, the Great Salt Lake Flats. It is a place where land speed records have been created aplenty. And uh, most recently, the Mormon meteor 
was inducted into the Motorsports Hall of Fame at the Daytona Speedway out in Daytona Beach. So, it's also the name of a of an unfortunate woman's shoe, Salt Flats. So. Uh, oh, interesting. I'm just that, kidding. It's not real. I was Oh, you interrupted that for that. <laughs> I want you to put your head down, and I want you to listen to the rest of this. Al no, Jenkins? I'm, I'm very, very proud of it, actually, <laughs> of how stupid uh, it was. So go ahead. Ab Jenkins, or maybe it's Abe, but it, it's spelled A-B, so I'm going to say that it's, well, well, let's call him Abe. Let's call him Abe for the sake of this. Um, he drove the Mormon Meteor 3, three different versions. It has now been inducted into the Motor Sports Hall of Fame. It's a cool car. The reason why I brought up the uh, state capitol is one of the versions of those cars is there on display for you to be able to check out. And if you can uh, go quick, the... Uh, the uh, Utah Highway Patrol won't yell at you for touching it, but you're not actually allowed to touch it. So you can check that out at the Utah State Capitol. I thought this was sort of interesting. This is just a real quick story uh, about Facebook spying on conversations. You have this belief that Facebook is always listening to your phone? I do. I know yeah, they are. Yeah, I, I know I know they are too. I, I know, like yesterday, no, the other day I was talking about something I needed for our, our trip that were, was, was coming up. And I needed to go look at a few different options. And when I went to Facebook, ads came up with several different options. And yep. I and I I clicked them because I was interested in it because I literally, but I had just been talking about that. So. Yeah. So even though Facebook allowed to listen to our microphone, we, you know, they say, and Mark Zuckerberg has testified as much. Nope, no, that isn't what happens. That isn't what happens. But there was a story recently that has a uh, church angle to it. Uh, the user on TikTok Jasmine, who goes by Jazzy, noticed an ad about Mormonism in her Facebook feed shortly after discussing the topic with her mom and a family friend. She says, quote, I don't know much about it, but I've heard of it before. And I've never Googled the word Mormon, and I have never searched the word Mormon on Facebook either. Never, never, never. And what do you think pops up in my feed on Facebook today? A Mormon ad, she said. She alleged that, well, fake, Facebook is X, promised the app doesn't listen to conversations. They're lying. They're big freaking liars. She didn't say freaking. Uh, after claiming to receive a targeted ad, she says, uh, she goes on to say that, uh, well, I, I know they're listening, even though they say they're not listening. She's not the first to claim and certainly won't be the last. But, uh, you know. May, I, I I say maybe it's divine intervention. Maybe she didn't know what ad she needed and the algorithm is just presenting her with an opportunity. She didn't look for the miracles in her life, but she says Facebook. Is yeah, I mean, her unless she said, unless she also, I mean, unless she also followed up with um, maybe a search or bit too about, cause that, you know, we know if you search on Google, you're going to see the ads on it on Facebook. That is, sure. That is something they're not shying away from. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, you get so, the little, like, uh, I, I can't think of what it's called right off the top of my head. But, like, uh, the little there's a little cookie that gets, uh, if you go on Google, and then if you show up on Facebook, it goes, boop, they're here. But they're it might here. also be a, a more kind of around the way. Maybe Facebook directly isn't listening to your ads, mm -hmm. but they tie into something else that is, like Google. Yeah, fair Or enough. something else that might do. I don't know. I just, but they're, we are definitely being listened to everywhere. Uh, and then lastly, this, as far as my little first chunk of news, there is a Mormon women's history cruise all aboard. They're Ooh. expecting you, the women's cruise. Um, 
they're what if i just go on a cruise and read about more women mormon women's history well it's not just reading it is presentations Ooh. um it is by two organizers historians Lori maffley kipp and carrie ann deloach neither of which have been guests of the cultural hall shame on us um they have multi reach out history what's that you should reach out I'm going to. Uh, they they uh, were part of a group that had a women's history consultation uh, and the Neil A. Maxwell Institute. Uh, the funding for that group ended, so they decided to take it to the ocean. The prices are reasonable, and you can find a link for this in the show notes, starting at $627 for a four-day cruise on Royal Caribbean, Independence of the Seas. It includes a shared inside cabin, meals on the ship, and uh, you where does it start? California, Galveston, uh, or Florida? Uh, my guess, or Seattle. Is, my guess, because it is Bahamas, I would say Florida. Florida. Yep. I would. I would imagine. Yeah, because everything in Galveston would be like Western Caribbean. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, if you like women's history and you like cruising and you like the Bahamas, might be a great opportunity for you. What do you have? Well, so something, uh, you know, something that's been concerning a lot of people there in Utah and and it, and it me whenever I fly home and I'm flying in and I see the Great Salt Lake becoming mostly non-existent or it feels mm -hmm. that way anyway, mm -hmm. it shrinks and shrinks. And and, uh, and then I watched the news report recently about how as it's moving, it's, it's, go, it's possibly going to release all this arsenic into the atmosphere and could be really toxic and cause a lot of problems as it as it goes down. Um, the church this week has um, agreed and 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 is donating twenty thousand acre feet of water rights back to the to to the to be able to be rediverted in, into the Great Salt Lake, which is a big deal because that's one of the major. Re a lot of people thinks the drought think the drought's the problem, and the drought is a problem. But the underlying problem is that we are using so much water. Mm -hmm. Um, for agricultural and and for our lawns and for everything that that you do in Utah, that it is it has diminished the the flow into the Great Salt Lake so significantly that when you do have a drought, it's not like droughts in you know 30, 40 years ago or even a hundred years ago, um, which were not great. These droughts now deplete it and to the point that it might just go away completely. And it's nearing that right now. So diverting all this water to it um is is a big deal so you know um it's it's bad you know that it's you know not having the great salt lake is bad for wildlife it's bad bad for everything and it, it's yep. gonna um it's and it's so part of our history too and the way we look at things so how do you feel about that like are you are, are you cons concerned about that is that something that's a big deal for you uh well i think that it's increasingly a big deal here in the valley the thing that i that uh, and i think it's great and the equivalent of what the church donated for people that know the state of utah and know little dell reservoir that's the equivalent of water that they sort of donated which is you know no small parsel of water the, it's not the, enough but it's yeah, still yeah, no yeah it's not going to fill the great salt lake but the thing that i think is that that will really mean a lot more to me or that I'll sort of note like, oh, okay, like we're doing this for real is when the church starts to take xeriscaping or responsible landscaping a little bit more seriously at its chapels. I agreed. Agreed. You know? And I think that across the board and, and I think they would set the standard because I, I swear, you know, the church, the church and, and local municipalities they, you know, we're always told when I was living there, I was living in Ogden and, 
it was funny. We were always told, oh, you can only only water at night and only water these certain amount of mm-hmm. times. And then mm-hmm. you drive by the the city water and they're watering all times of day and just let and it's and and sprinkler heads are are broken and you know and then think water's just being wasted at a mm-hmm. massive level. And you think, what is my one little little bit of my house doing when you know when you when you're doing a big park and it's it's causing it and i used to do that in ogden all the time and that you'd see the church doing that so if the church and the the local municipalities and the state could all get together and agree hey we're going to set the right example i think then the the suit you know everyone else would follow suit but without them setting that example i think people there's always going to be the people who are great at it they're the people who recycle all the time Mm -hmm. they're Mm -hmm. the same you know but it's it's getting the regular people like me i'll tell you if it wasn't for my wife i wouldn't recycle and i probably wouldn't pay attention to the water or, as well yeah, as or make it to heaven or you make know, it to heaven no that's true so uh so at the church that i go to it's the stake center and they have a gorgeous field that is adjacent to the building it's where they do this awesome thing in the summertime where they invite the entire community so i'm not anti-grass right they have and then they have a soccer you know and you know they do all sorts of young men, young women's events and, you know, everything there. And there's a Bowery and, you know, all the wards have their parties there. It's great. I love that. We also have a mile long park strip that no one has ever, ever, ever walked on, done anything with it, you know, and it just, it just soaks up the water. It's just a waste of water. When I had my, um, my temple recommend interview a couple months ago, I said to the uh, stake president, I said, here's the deal. Can we, can we be responsible? What if the ward in the Bowery, you know, the the building next door, we said, hey, we're having an educational class on xeriscaping. And this is what it is. And this is what it isn't. And this is how you responsibly do it. And then even more like uh, because of the church's buying power, we're going to make this that much afford more affordable for you to be able to xeriscape you know, your lawn, or this person is going to come and do this. We've, the church has hired this person, or, you know, this person volunteers and is in this community, right? And be able to do that. That would make a greater difference in our area if it's top-down leadership, as opposed to people like me going, hey, have we ever thought about this? What about this? Could we do this? Might we do this? And so, um, you know, that's the thing that I think about is I see this gorgeous field, which I love. I'm grateful that we have. And then all of this other stuff that I'm just like, we water that and it looks great. And I love a green lawn. But even here at my house, I've got patches that I am taking the lawn out because it just takes too much water. I'm going to do other things, native, responsible, other things. Part of that is a cost measure because water is increasingly more expensive but the other part of it is just sort of being responsible and being kind what i what i hope doesn't happen and this is what i think a lot of people's fear is is if i don't use it then they're going to make it available for someone else and it's just going to end up being wasted anyway and that's where i think that we also have to have a tremendous amount of regulation so that we're not you know doing all this and then having you know just all, all for not I'll tell you here in Texas, it's different. So, you know, in Ogden, I never paid for secondary, what we called secondary water. Mm-hmm. Um, it came from Pineview. It was part of, well, I guess part of the way they established Ogden or whatever coming out of Pineview. We paid for house water, but we didn't pay for secondary water. Mm-hmm. Here, there is no difference. Mm-hmm. I, if I use a lot of water in my yard, it's coming out of my paycheck. It's not. Yeah. So that's a way to do it is maybe put secondary water into a you know and put a little meter on it 
So sure. now you have to yeah, even it. if it's monitored, I know they've done tests to say yeah. you use less, even if it's just monitored, even if or you, you pay for it at a certain time, like you get it for free if you water it in the for your limited amount of time in in the middle of the night, because that's mm -hmm. one of the problems is a lot of people water during the day and eva much of it evaporates away anyway. So um, it's a it's a it's a big deal. But it's it's a bigger deal in my opinion, especially in Utah, but also here in Texas and in in the center of the the United States than global warming ever is. I really don't. Well, I'm not saying global warming warming isn't a big issue and that we shouldn't recycle. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying if if you want something that you can have impact on now, the water the water situation in the West is a much bigger issue than global warming is that affects you personally and and that's why i'm glad the church is stepping up and i hope that they do more i hope this is signs that things are more more things are coming but we'll see you know uh also a water problem but in an entirely different way over in california <clears throat> california there is uh, a mission called operation mountain strong and i'm not sure if you've heard about this uh right around lake arrowhead california which is in the san bernardino mountains um, they have had incredible, incredible amounts of snowfall. So much, in fact, uh, that there were people that were uh, trapped and suffering uh, up in the mountains, literally could not get to food and or out of where wow. they were snowed in. I think we romanticize it. Oh, wouldn't it be so great? I wouldn't have to go to work. I couldn't do anything, whatever. Until you don't have any food. And yeah, until you don't have food, you can't go anywhere. There's no sort of power and you can't communicate with anyone. So uh, this bishop, his name is Bishop Samuelian, Spencer Samuelian. I'm not sure how to say it. Uh, no big deal. He's got a uh, helicopter. He's the bishop of the uh, Laguna Beach, Laguna Beach Ward, Laguna Niguel, California steak. And he said, you know what? I'll, I'll use my helicopter. I'll go take those people some food. And so various religious communities there in and around the Laguna Niguel steak uh, gathered food and other supplies. And then he got in his helicopter and took them to the people up around Lake Arrowhead, saving their lives and providing um, the rescue that they need. Now, obviously couldn't rescue and take them out of there. Uh, it wasn't in that dire need of circumstances, but being able to now that's what you call ministering. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I mean, I laughed a little bit when it's when I was like, oh yeah, sure, of course, the bishop has got a helicopter. Jeez, but pretty cool. Called, called to serve, however it is, wherever it is. And if you got a helicopter, you bet. Get in that thing, take some supplies to Lake Arrowhead. It also seems like it's going to be the next TC Christensen movie. Oh, it, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, the 18th yep. miracle with um, what's his name? Um. He actually, I went to school with him. Um, he's actually, he's the guy in all of them. He's the Jason Wade, Jason Wade. Okay. I, the problem I, I can't remember his name is because I know his non, his, 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 his name before it was Jason Wade. His yeah, Jason Nielsen. Yeah. Jason Nielsen. Yeah. yeah. I, I, he was in my, my, well, he was in my building. His the, it was 60th and 70th ward. He was in the 70th ward, but we went to elementary school and when I hung out with his, his brother Jason. I used to go over to their house and mm -hmm. play video games because yep. they had all the big stand-up video games. Of course, of course. But you got to go to the Nelson's house. We used to, we used to lift weights together, me and Jason Wade. Oh, nice. Yep. That's why I'm so swole. You got to see this on the Patreon, yeah. Patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall to see the video of this. Great family. Good, good family.
Yeah, incredible family. Incredible. Yeah. Melanie, the whole the whole yep. the whole crew of the Daphne. Family. Yeah, Daphne, sweet. The Nielsen's yeah. are gonna be like, this is creepy. What are we talking about? about? Yeah. Uh what other news stories do you have, sir? So there was a there was a Pew Research um center poll that recently came out. And it was folks, it's published on the Jewish News Syndicate, but it, and it it was focused on several different um religions in, in the US. And um the poll actually stated that out of all the religions, all the um from Jewish to to Catholics, to other Christian denominations, and Muslims and Mormons, or Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, what is the perception in there? And it did show that the Jewish had some of the highest um, favorable fav- favorable ratings amongst non-Jewish Americans, so outside of their faith, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, and so they were 42% favorable, 34% um, somewhat favorable, and 7% unfavorable. So that's pretty good st- um they're either you know either indifferent or they're they really like you so uh so in that regard it, it's probably nice that anti-semitism isn't as big at least according to this poll mm-hmm. as it as it could be even though i i know there's probably pockets where it's rising but um uh among non so catholics or you know they um are among non-catholics were 26 percent favorable 21 percent were unfavorable so you know that drops a little bit. Muslims were seventeen percent. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, seventeen percent favorable as opposed to twenty two percent favorable. And where Mormons fell, um, we were just fourteen percent favorable and twenty six percent unfavorable. Now, what I don't know, and it doesn't really say in here, is how has that changed over time? But it feels to me that that's lower compared to what it would have been maybe 10 or 15 years ago. I just thought it was interesting. It doesn't it doesn't go into why or why not or anything like that, because the article is mostly about um, uh, the Jewish and, and their positive had the positivity. But um, it, it wasn't really interesting that we are now in a in a significantly unfavorable status in uh, with non-Mormons throughout the, the country. And so. And I'm sure that there's probably different things you can think think of to do. Hopefully, hopefully we can. Hopefully that can change. But um, maybe it, some of it is because once we get the you f- get get you f- liking us, we we pull you in and baptize you. I don't know. Yeah, we really get liked by you. Uh, there's a great episode of Mormonland produced by the Salt Lake Tribune, uh, where they go into uh, the history of this and and uh, the significance of some of the things. Uh, one of the things to note is that. Um, that uh, that Muslims, we love Muslims more than other people, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We look favorably upon them more than any other group does, which is interesting, unique, and, and certainly show, shows the focus of the last few years um, that the leadership of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has said, listen, we love everybody. Our interfaith uh, efforts have been with everyone, but it's been significant when we have partnered with Muslim organizations, groups, and um, what do you call them? mosques? I guess or, yeah, or areas. Or, yeah, the, I don't know. What, yeah, equi- I don't know. The equivalent of a Muslim stake is what I'll call it. Um, so, so I thought that was significant, and and it gets real nerdy on that podcast. So, if you're like, man, I need more stats than what's being delivered right now. I encourage you to go check that out. Peggy Fletcher Stack does a great job. And that other guy's okay, too. Uh, this was interesting. The Gathering of Tribes, a two-day conference down in Mesa, Arizona. I'm not sure if this is the first time that it, this has ever occurred, 
but it's 700 indigenous members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints gathered together uh, with the charge to build the kingdom of heaven by fortifying gospel principles and traditional values. Uh, Cindy nice. Quinney of Calgary, Alberta said, I see this gathering as a spiritual lifeline. This was an opportunity for my brothers and sisters to come together, find more hope, and move forward. There were 30 North American indigenous communities that were represented, as well as indigenous uh, people to the Dominican Republic, Cuma, Samoa, Tonga, Peru, New Zealand, and the Maya, Totonaca, Purapica, Aztec of Mexico, according to event planner Shane Manning of Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, the gathering was organized by indigenous people for those who see themselves in the promises of the Book of Mormon about the gathering of Israel and the many roles that different tribes play in that. We wanted people to be able to claim their own identities as they feel appropriate. I just thought that was cool. I think that is awesome. So great. Such a great opportunity for uh, members of the church to be able to get together because as much as we go, yeah, we're all the, you know, everyone, we love every Like, I think it's, I think it's great to be able to, to meet in groups like that, like the Genesis group for, um, for black members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I think that can be a tremendous support. I think the gathering of tribes for the indigenous people, I think that that's, that's amazing. I think leaning into your heritage is a great thing as long as it doesn't lean into where are my heritage is better than your heritage kind yeah. of thing. But, but leaning into your heritage and, and like, like, like I was thinking this week and I, I it's, it came up on my uh, Facebook page because uh, it's St. Patrick's day a few weeks ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was thinking uh, um, it's, it's nice that everyone gets to celebrate St. Patrick's day, but I, I'm not, I don't wear green cause I'm Scottish. Mm. <laughs> You draw, I draw the line at green, everybody. I draw the line. I draw. Green. I, I will. I will not wear green. I'll wear. I'll wear Scottish blue. I guess I'm wearing Scottish blue today. Jeez. Jeez. I'm just kidding around. Uh, yeah. So a couple, uh, just quick, quick, interesting sort of stories, um, to bring in here. And I know you've got what one or two, maybe more. Just one more. One more. Uh, I'll mention this. The uh, there was. I love clickbait ads for or articles because I, I of course, you know, we'll click it's on them. Uh, vintage nude Mormon bodybuilders was the name of <laughs> this headline. And you got to see that. Well, well, here's what I thought was interesting. Uh, Mike Sill and Walt Needham, uh, both members of the church from Salt Lake City. Mike was junior Mr. Utah in 1955. And at the age of 21 and Mr. Utah the following year, Walt, two years younger, was also later a winner of junior Mr. Utah. So what, right? So these guys were members of the church, blah, 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 whatever. Mike Sill, uh, he later served as an assistant chaplain in the National Guard. Okay, not a, a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints thing. Then also served as a Mormon missionary in England. And he posed for Arnold Freiberg's famous paintings for Cecil B. DeMille's The Ten Commandments. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Who knew? Who knew a vintage, a vintage nude model was what Arnold Freiberg used? to uh, do those 10 commands. Well, I guess how else are you going to see all the definition and everything else? But that's really interesting. I mean, yeah. and those, those Freiburg pictures, whether you're talking about, you know, stuff he did for Cecil B. DeMille or stuff he did for the Book of Mormon, those guys are ripped. Shredded. <laughs> yeah. 
I thought this was interesting. The Europe Central Area Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints released the following statement a couple weeks ago. It was with great sadness that we learned of last night's accident in Hamburg. If you haven't followed this story, it's just terrible. On behalf of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Europe, we express our deepest condolences to the families and friends of the victims. We mourn with those who have lost a loved one. We pray for all who have been affected in any way by this heartbreaking tragedy and hope that comfort and peace will in due time overcome pain and fear. This after the shooting in Hamburg. Uh, I thought that was interesting to to note that uh, the European presidency would say something like that about something like that. Significant. Um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints supported uh, 70, uh, I'm sorry, supported education projects in 74 countries, 306 projects worldwide. Just a couple numbers that I think that sometimes we kind of look past. And really, it's just a way for me to be able to make this next story a little easier for you to listen to. Uh, Mormon swinger Taylor Frankie Paul pleads not guilty to felony counts of domestic violence and aggravated assault from her February 18th arrest. You followed this story a little bit with me. Mm -hmm. uh, she says, the last few weeks have been the hardest weeks of my life. I wanted to thank all those who have been by my side, those who reached out and the strangers that stopped to hug me. I've been silently working on healing therapy, a blessing, starting classes and got on antidepressants to help me during this time. I'm starting to feel progress and we'll be back to work soon. Uh, if you don't know, this uh, came about uh, Taylor Frankie Paul, 4 million folks on TikTok follower, the mom talk sensation. She was charged after allegedly striking Mortensen, that is her boyfriend, Dakota Mortensen, with a wooden playset and three heavy metal chairs during a fight at her home. Are they Metallica oh. chairs? Uh, nope, just, <laughs> just metal. Uh, one of the metal chairs allegedly fell and hit one of uh, Taylor Frankie Paul's kids who was sitting on the couch during the alleged argument, leaving them with a, quote, goose egg on the head. Um, she was charged with two felony counts of domestic violence in the presence of a child and a felony count of aggravated assault. Her uh, scheduling for her uh, scheduling conference for Paul is set for March 31st. So coming up later this week. Um, anyway, I wonder if the nature and tone of her posts will change. Yeah. And, and really, and I've expressed this before. I just, uh, I think, I think that it's sort of sad. Um, because to me, it seems sort of walked out the, um, the life of a social media influencer, right. And all of the pressures to perform and provide content and share everything so openly. Got to get those many more followers. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that's being fed by the advertising that's yep, being fed yep. to you. And yeah. yeah. And so I hope she gets the you know the the mental help that she needs. Sounds like she's on antidepressants, which is great. That will help her the counseling, all the things. And I hope that she uh, you know can get get uh, wrapped around the things that she. Well, needs hope the best do. for her for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, tell me what you've got, sir. You said you have one. So, okay, we're coming up on on general conference, right? Uh -huh, I mean, uh -huh, uh -huh, and uh -huh. so, and they're going to read a lot of names, uh -huh. and and the names will all have a middle initial. But do you know when that started? No, nor do I know why we do it. No. So originally, if you go way before, even when the church started, back into the 1700s and before, mm -hmm. um, middle names weren't very much a thing. In fact. Founding fathers, most of them didn't have middle names. They were just George Washington. Mm -hmm. It was not George K. Washington. George Herbert Washington. <laughs> George Herbert Washington. Yeah. Uh, so it, it they and and middle names were a thing 
um, back in, 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 in a long, long time ago, but mostly for royalty. Mm-hmm. And there was even a time in UK history when it was illegal for non-royal people to not have to have a middle name. Okay. It was, okay. It was actually illegal. So, so moving through that, um, but in the in the eighteen hundreds, it became a lot more common. Even though early members of the church, some did, some didn't have middle names. Mm-hmm. We, they, they were more casual how they referred to people. So you didn't say Joseph Smith; you said Brother Joseph mm-hmm. or Brother Brigham or Brother Brother Taylor. That's when things started changing. Is when you have so many Johns, you can't just call him Brother. John, because there's 17 Johns in the neighbor. So Brother Taylor, John Taylor might have been more appropriate. So as as that that moved up, but it wasn't even and so in the, the first conference in April 80, um only 32% of them actually had middle names and and some of them used them, some of them didn't. Um it up it, it moved up to 62% by 1897. And then in April 1914, the last person who had a middle name but didn't use it, all the 32 speakers at General Conference used the middle initial, except for Rudger Judd Clausen, simply listed simply as Rudger Clausen, and he was the last general authority to not use his middle initial. And obviously the main reason why is it became very very good way to distinct, distinguish between People with similar names, right? Joseph Joseph Smith Jr., Joseph Smith Sr., Joseph F. Smith, Joseph Fielding Smith, all those different ways of differentiating people. So, um, you know, it it makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense why they do it. But um, uh, so some there's some later ones that still didn't use it, like Elder Legrand Richards, even and and Ulysses Soros. You notice he doesn't use his middle name. So mm-hmm. there's. There's 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 some outliers, but I thought it was very interesting that there's because this is the kind of crap that my brain goes to. <laughs> I've actually sat in general conference and gone, why do I always use middle names? And then there's there's people who um, I know people who literally their middle name is just the initial like Todd D. But there's no. Yeah, there's a, nothing that D stands D, for. It's just D, D yeah. you know, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, interesting uh, in the dive while you were telling me about that, I wanted to see who the first prophet of the churches that had uh, a middle initial because Joseph Smith, did he have a middle name? I don't think so. I don't know. Brigham Young. Nope. John Taylor. Wilford Woodruff. Also no. Lorenzo Snow. Now here's what's interesting and what I had never realized until literally this moment. Joseph F. Smith, the sixth prophet of the church. You know what the F stands for? It's not Fielding, is it? Yes. Uh, well, I didn't know that then. That's you were you were throwing me off because you asked me. I'm like, but that's why they later called Joseph Fielding Smith and didn't use the initial because it would have been you have to d- distinguish it between yeah. the two somehow. Yeah. So there's so. Joseph F. Smith, who is Joseph Fielding Smith, and then the other prophet, Joseph Fielding Smith, who is also Joseph Fielding Smith. I did know that, but then then you made me question and second guess my own no my own knowledge. What what I'm what I'm truly sad about in this moment is I was really hoping that I was gonna search Joseph Smith's middle name and just had never thought about it and find out that his middle name is like Herbert or something like that, right? <laughs> it's just this name that we never use. Joseph Old Major Smith. Joseph Petrie. Petrie. Joseph <laughs> P. Smith. 
Uh, all right. So a couple quick things. Uh, the Mormon battalion has been added to the church history biographical database. You can find information on nearly 600 Latter-day Saint men, women, and children who participated in the Mormon battalion from Iowa territory to the Pacific coast in 1846 and 1847. That's a big deal. Uh, this I think is interesting. Uh, there's a woman who lives in the UK whose name is Ashlyn, who has uh, been engaged now to Joe. Uh, she's not from Utah, yet her name is spelled like she's from Utah. She is, in fact, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They were engaged on the turf moor pitch of the Burnley Football Club. I don't know, it's a lot of UK words and, and terms and stuff like that. The only reason I bring it up is apparently there's some, uh, they're part of some show called Here Comes the Mormons over on the BBC, and her name is Ashlyn, spelled like she's from Utah. So it's worth noting uh, that. And then finally this, the Reverend Amos C. Brown, representing the NAACP and President Russell M. Nelson of the Church of Jesus Christ, are standing next to each other. Why? Why are they standing next to each other? Well, because uh, President Russell M. Nelson is going to be receiving a uh, an award on April 13th, 2023. He is going to be receiving the King Chapel's Gandhi King Mandela Peace Prize named for Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, and Nelson Mandela. Uh, according to a release published by Morehouse College, the prize is awarded to a person who promotes peace and positive social transformation through nonviolent means. This individual uses their global leadership to affirm peace, justice, diversity, and pluralism. President Nelson was specifically selected as the inaugural recipient of this prize, quote, for his global efforts in abandoning attitudes and actions of prejudice against any group of God's children through nonviolent ways. So looking forward to that. I'm hoping that that ceremony is available uh, to be watched online or maybe in a replay of April 13th, 2023. Is, uh, is when that comes out, when he receives that award. A lot of people giving him flack. Uh, for receiving that because you have pictures of Mahatma Gandhi, uh, Nelson Mandela, and Martin Luther King, and then Russell M. Nelson, and it's really uh, like a one of these kids is not like the other sort of picture. Um, but, I mean, he's doing a, a tremendous... Kind of cool. It's pretty cool that he, he's getting that award. I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely changed some perceptions within the church and i think he's reached out in a lot of ways so that's yeah, good i don't think we've arrived yet but i think no. that there's a there's a lot of great work that but he's done, done a lot of work towards it yeah 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 so laid the congratulations and and uh you know if that if that link does come available know that we'll do that in a future episode of uh, articles of news we'll talk about that maybe even share a little bit uh worth noting too that in a couple of episodes it is our birthday episode that is 12 years of the cultural hall. So if you want to send a note Ooh. for our birthday episode, contact at theculturalhall.com. You're welcome to do that. Or is it, is it going to receive the priesthood? Uh, well, I mean, technically it already could because it knew that it was going to turn 12 this year. Oh, so that's it's right. been eligible for a few months. Um, don't be sacrilegious. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, but 12 years. So if, if wow. there's ever been anything that's mattered to you, Send an email, contact at theculturalhall.com. And I listened to the first episode. Yeah, way back when. Way back when. Ago. Can you believe that? I've been that married twice in the time we've been doing this thing. I know. Yeah. And you, you got to get a third one in before it's over. Yeah, yeah. I've lived in one, two, three, one, two, three, four different houses in the time. I've only lived in two. Thing. Yeah. 
contact at the culturalhall.com. What's your general conference predictions? Anything? Um, I think, uh, I don't think that, I don't know. I don't feel like there's anything big coming down the road right now. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be some, just some laying down kind of what they've been laying down for a while, but maybe there's, maybe they're going to, you know, give women the priesthood. No. Do you, do you really think that? No, no. I think if, I, I don't think that that will happen like like people think it'll happen in the sense mm-hmm. that we're going to ordain people, women as in the priesthood. I think though, the better clarification will come for women's role that already exists with priesthood power. Mm-hmm. And I think in the future, we will know those roles and that those roles will be different things that we always assumed has to be a priesthood holder, doesn't always have to be a priesthood holder and things like that. So there's, there's going to be a flattening of some of the responsibilities and some of that in the future. I don't know about this particular general conference, but mm-hmm. I do see that coming, but I don't see it ever changing in the sense that they'll, they'll be ordained in the offices necessarily, but we'll see. I'll, I'll keep my temple predictions for the next block. When uh, Corey K Ward comes in, talks about temple news and the temple ticker, and then makes those temple predictions. But I think for now, what I'd say uh, I think we're going to, I think, uh, conversely to you, I think we're going to get a big thing. I don't think it's, uh, I don't know exactly where it is. Maybe a word of wisdom thing. Maybe they'll clarify, um, like taking caffeine. care of yourself. Yeah. Hopefully. I don't think, I don't think that they'll delineate like 50 milligrams of caffeine a day is the thing. I don't think it's going to be something like that. Uh, or so, so here are my two guesses. I'll give you two guesses. I, I think that we're going to get an in, an incredible amount about environmental stewardship, which I would love, or I think we'll get a, hey, the word of wisdom is, is you know, it's guidance to help you live healthier. So let's live healthier. That's going to be my guess. I'm, I'm, I'm betting heavy handed one of those things with this general conference. Interesting. Yeah. I, I see, it feels like I, I feels like I, I, nothing major. They're going to just double down on things they've already been talking about. I think. Yep. Don't so forget we'll at, at the Cultural Hall on Twitter, that's where you can uh, likely join me. I think I'm doing Sunday morning. You're going to do Sunday afternoon. All the uh, various folks in the Cultural Hall are going to take a, a turn. Tweet at the Cultural Hall. It's our favorite time. Every six months, we bust that thing loose. Get crazy. Find us. Follow us at the Cultural Hall over on Twitter. Andrew, thank you for your time this morning. Space uh, heaters are the perfect housewarming gift. Boo. <laughs> bookofmormonsecrets.com or you can find them on Instagram at bookofmormonsecrets. This is the opportunity for you to not only be able to see uh, Russ Brunson be able to go through like all the cool things with the first edition hymnal of the church or uh, the first edition book of commandments. This is also an opportunity for you to be able to go and see these books in Idaho or be able to win a replica. You need to go right now to bookofmormonsecrets.com or you can follow them at Book of Mormon Secrets on Instagram. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test 
test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, it is my friend Corey K. Ward. We call him the Pharaoh around here. He comes in and talks about all things temple. We call it the temple ticker. And uh, stick around to the end of this because uh, I'm not saying that he's a, a prophet. I am saying he is a Pharaoh. Uh, he's going to do 10 temple predictions that may occur this weekend at General Conference. Then he's got some honorable mentions like, hey, maybe this will be where it is. You can play along when you actually listen to General Conference and see just how much of a prophet slash Pharaoh Corey K. Ward is. Um, but we get into the temple ticker with some temple news. How are you, sir? Good. Is a is a pharaoh better uh, better than a prophet? Well, I listen. I think that that's a uh, that's um. There's a whole chapter about it in Maccabees, but we don't follow that, so I'm not sure. But gotcha. it is, it's okay. a, a sermon. Is your pharaoh doth better than a prophet? Sayest thou this thyself, or did others tell it thee? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> The debate is up for you. Uh, there has been a ton of temple news since we chatted last. Not necessarily anything groundbreaking, but but if you'll forgive that pun, um, but but uh, just it seems like every time I open my news fetchers about uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, there is something about a temple somewhere. Uh, shall we start in Moses Lake, Washington? Yeah. So a temple dedication was announced for the temple that's being built in Moses Lake. Um, so they're going to have an open house on August 4th through the 19th. And then the dedication will be September 17th um, by Quentin Alcock. And if you, that date um, is familiar, that um, is the same date that the, I think the Bentonville and the Brasilia Brazil Temple will be dedicated. So this is the third temple that will be dedicated on September 17th. Um, and if you're wondering, has that ever happened before? It actually has not technically happened. Um, I you say technically, technically. So split that hair for me. Sure. Um, back in May 2000, there were three temples dedicated on the single on a single weekend. So I think it was President Monson. He went from Tampico, Mexico to Vera, Via Hermosa, Mexico. So he did one on a Saturday and one on a Sunday. And then that same Sunday, President Faust did one as well. So that same weekend, there were like three dedicated, um, but they weren't dedicated the same day. So this will be a first. Is there anything significant with the the church on September 17th? Any sort of symbolism? You know how like we have April 6th and we have some other days. Is there anything like that? I think it's Constitution Day, right? Okay. Um, I, I think I remember the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania temple was was the ground was broken this day. And they were like, hey, it's Constitution Day. We're in the city where it was signed. So, I mean, it's been commemorated before by the church. I don't know if in Brasilia, Brazil, they'll be celebrating Constitution Day, but... Yep. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, interesting to note that it's even Constitution Day. I had no idea. You know what it you know what it also is? You know what day that is also? Tell that me. day is also Wife Appreciation Day. It's also Your Australian wife? Citizenship Day. Uh, okay. International Country Music Day. International Patient Safety Day. National <laughs> Pet Bird Day. International Grenache Day. National Apple Dumpling Day. National Ariel K. Starrett Day. No idea who that is off the top of my head. National Lobby Day. National Monte Cristo Day. That's what it is. That's what it is. They're celebrating the Monte Cristo sandwich. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> In honor of the three temples, sit down and have a good Monte Cristo sandwich. Okay. So 
I was thinking Dale Renlin, he's going to be in Brasilia. He's celebrating the patient safety. He's okay. the heart surgeon guy. Yeah, I don't know. There's a connection, and they all have wives. That's what they're doing. They're celebrating the wives. Is there any chance, knowing um, that we have some temples that could still open house, etc., that there could be a fourth temple dedication, or are we probably too late into the year for something like that? Pos- yeah, it's possible. Um, in terms of records, if you were to have... Um, there were six dedications in the month of April 2000. Hmm. And then if you're talking about the same week, um, President Hinckley from June 11th to June 18th, 2000, he dedicated four temples. So you could break any of those records. Okay. All right. Bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. We go then to Feather River, which is my favorite thing to say, sort of like a, a cartoon character from Looney Tunes. Feather River. Uh, it's uh, yeah, California. And- what makes me think that maybe they're done with the 17th of September is that this Feather River California Temple was announced for the 8th of October. So maybe mm-hmm. they're kind of down the schedule now. Um, so the open house would be the August 19th to the September 9th. And it'll be dedicated by Elder Suarez on the 8th of October, just that weekend after General Conference. And then uh, some some sites, everyone uh, saying, hey, where's this, what, that? And I know the big one, uh, at least close-ish, to me, is up in Cody, Wyoming. That's right. It was announced that we built west of Skyline Drive in an empty farmer's field, um, just north of the Cody Canal, south of the Sulphur Creek. So sounds very Wyoming. <laughs> Doesn't it? No, it's right next to the canal over by the creek. By the creek? That's right. Yeah, that's right, over by the creek. And it's going to be just under 10,000 square feet feet um so probably about that same design as casper it'll be the third in wyoming after casper and star valley and if cody also sounds familiar um the church has a historic site in cody they have the historic cody mural and museum which is like connected to a chapel there in cody so it features murals painted by edward grigware who um he tells the story of the church in the western u.s and he's actually a non-member but he he painted some murals in the los angeles temple Interesting. And the church owns that historic site there, the Co- mm-hmm. the historic Cody Mural and Museum. I've never been. That seems like a thing that I should go see. Yeah. All right. We're going to road trip. We'll we'll do that as a practice trip for our uh, Montana trip. We'll, we'll, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Cody's a lot closer than uh, than uh, Helena. So we'll yeah, do that. That's kind of far. Well, sure. But I want to make sure your snack game is on point and that I'm going to be able to put up with you in the car for that long. So we'll do that as kind of a, a trial run. We'll check that out. Okay. Uh, the Guatemala Temple. How do you say the the name of the city that that's in? Weiwei Tenango. Oh, that's way cooler than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> cool. So um, it's going to be built in the northwest corner of the city, um, right there across from a meeting house. Interestingly, the meeting house belongs to the, the Sion Ward, the Zion Ward. So mm-hmm. um, it's going to be also around 10,000 square foot. Um, and it's the fifth temple in Guatemala. Wow. That's crazy to me. I mean, I mean, we have a 135 just in the state of Utah alone. But when you start hearing like the fifth in Guatemala, the seventh in Mexico, the you know, on and on and on, that's yeah. that's pretty tremendous. And I love that it is built in Zion. Uh, then we go to Tampa, Florida. This, so this this one I'm curious about. Tell, tell give all the news about it, and then I've got some questions for you. Yeah, we heard earlier that it's going to be built in uh, Valerico, just behind the meeting house there. Um, it's going to be 30,000 square foot. So we saw the rendering of the temple. Um, it looks kind of like if you're familiar with how the Knoxville, Tennessee temple 
will look like almost kind of like that, but then it's kind of the style of the Yerba Linda uh, California temple, kind of like a Spanish colonial design. So um, I, I like it. Now, is Tampa, because uh, it's, you know, three times as big as like the Cody Temple, is the membership of the church that much larger? Is it because it's a um, potential vacation destination for members of the church? Why is it so much bigger than some of these other ones where I guess in my mind, I don't think there's that many members of the church? Good point. Um, if I were deciding the size of temples, it wouldn't necessarily be the way that it turns out. Uh -huh. um, so I really don't know. There's about actually the same amount of stakes. There's like four or five stakes in the Tampa area. And I mean, in Cody, there's only like, there's the one in Cody and then a few other ones. So I guess there's a little bit more, probably a little bit more membership in Tampa. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I guess when I just see that, I think sort of, there's lots of places that I'm like, yeah, 10, 15,000, maybe 20,000 at the max. But when you see something this big, it's like, okay, is there something going on there that I'm unaware of? Is there lots more members? I don't know. It's where my mind goes. Uh, I was talking actually yesterday. I uh, There's a kid that I mentor, which is a horrible mistake. Parents don't ask me to be your kid's mentor, but he lives in the Richmond, Virginia Temple District. And he recently went to the Richmond, Virginia Temple, which is what you have next uh, on your list. Yeah, the open house started on March 25th. It's going to go toward um, through the 15th of April. Um, it'll be dedicated on the 7th of May. So um, it opened for to the media last week, um, and they highlighted um, the design of the temple, which they is kind of like um, takes after Jeffersonian architecture, which is famous there in Southern Virginia. You see some uh, buildings like the University of Virginia, I think it's a library, um, mm -hmm. and then the, the Monticello um, house, I guess, plantation where Jefferson resided. Um, so they they showed that a lot of the, the pillars kind of look the similar. They used dogwood flowers. They use octagons throughout the temple as a shape. That's kind of was what Jefferson used. And And then reused stained glass window from the New England church. That's what I think is awesome. Yeah, there in the foyer, in the recommend desk right behind, there's a, a stained glass where they said they obtained a, like a hundred year old stained glass from a, a church that was being torn down, a Protestant church. And so um, if, you know, if you're familiar with like the Star Valley or the Provo City Center Temple, they have um, pretty similar kind of stained glass windows behind the recommend desk. When they say obtained, salvaged from other churches. When they say obtained, does your mind kind of go... And I know this isn't the case, but I think, yeah, we obtained it. And and then there's like one guy who like winks the solid wink, like he <laughs> stole it in the middle of the night or something like that. No, we 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 happened upon the stained glass window from the uh, New England church and everyone just sort of winks and goes and it's staying. And now it's going to be behind locked doors and they can't get it back. I don't know. It, my mind always wants it to be nefarious and I'm sure it never is ever a nefarious stained glass window stealing. I'm sure there's a story behind it where some church employee just happened to be in contact with someone that was selling old stained glass windows. I don't know. Well, and I tell um, you what, you can look forward to that in some future uh, either YouTube video from the church or uh, an article in the Liahona. You know that that's perhaps, yeah. How did they get this? Five ways they were able to. <laughs> well, the governor of Virginia also um, was there at... The temple open house. He called it magnificent. Uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin. Um, he is obviously kind of um, paying homage to um, Virginia as like the place of religious liberty. 
he liked to um, just celebrate that there's lots of religions in Virginia and his welcoming the church there. Uh, then we moved to Saratoga Springs, which is the hottest ticket in town. I haven't seen them scalping these tickets yet, but you know, as we get towards the end that that's going to start happening, the Saratoga Springs, Utah Temple open house. Yeah. When you release them way far in advance and don't release them and release them for every day of the next three months, then that's kind of bound to happen. So if you go to their website um, to reserve tickets for the Saratoga Springs, Utah Temple, um, there's 5,544 5, 5, that are available every day. And it shows you like how many are left for that day. Yes. And so this is April 15th through July 8th. And so you can kind of see which days are going to be busy, which days are going to be not. But pro tip, um, you do not really need a ticket. This is just for spreading out the crowds. If there's a day that sells out, just go. You might have to wait in line a little bit, but they won't turn you away. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do that that way, be patient. Don't be the guy that or girl that shows up and is like, I've been waiting in line for two. It's like, yes, of course you have, because there are <laughs> tickets and a certain amount of people that were going to come this day and anticipate that your Friday nights and your Saturdays are going to be insane at that open house. I think I'm going to go. Are you heading over to that? Do you think you want to? Are you going to? Um, I could. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll go to that too. Maybe that will be the training wheels our, our of practice. Our... <laughs> I'll pick you up from work in Salt Lake and we'll drive down. We'll go do it. We'll do it in an off hour when we can eat all the cookies in the open house by ourselves. Are they doing cookies? Are they doing a separate building? I don't know. I've the couple dedication uh, open houses I've been to, they haven't done that, but okay. Well, it depends. I'll then I'm waiting to I'm waiting to give my commitment to find out what the after snacks are and then we can go down. Uh, this, this I've been following sort of tan, uh, tangentially about Heber. Did we get the lighting permit? Are we making it light skies at night? Um, kind of looks like now they're going into the other direction, but maybe they're not going to, uh, ask to do what the church is asking for. Um, they're going to have a meeting on March 30th and then, um, a like a city council meeting on April 5th to adopt a new ordinance. And the county manager there says that eh, maybe the code won't match what the church has asked for. Hmm. And so the church also needs a height permit, which they haven't asked for yet, but they're going to need if they're going to start construction. Um, right now, the limit there is 35 feet for any building, but the temple is 85 feet tall and the spire is 195 feet tall. So they're still going to have to get that um, permit before they proceed with construction. Which I, which I think is interesting, right? Because if you look at church history, especially like if you go to St. George, St. George, Utah, uh, I, it, I don't think it's the highest building in Washington County anymore because there are some other things. But the for a long time, the St. George Temple was the tallest building. And there was some sort of ordinance that in the town, you had to be able to see the temple, essentially, from anywhere in the town. And and that's great. And it's cool. And it's also faith-promoting. And there's lots of things like you can always look to the temple and always be inspired and all of these things. And so I'm not downplaying any of that. But that was also built over 100 years ago. And when the town was a lot more members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So then you have a town like Heber City that's like, hey, I don't know, it's probably 50-50 maybe, 50% members of the church and 50% not. And it's a dark sky community, which is a scientific thing. And once you make it not a dark sky community, you can't go back. And they just like it the way that they want it. And now they have this thing in place. And you think, well, why couldn't Heber City just be like St. George and they're – and and I can like both. I can think, you know what, build a low profile, dark at night building, and it can still be inspirational, still perform the ordinances, still do all the things. And it can be a different kind of thing 
then like what your St. George temple is. It doesn't always have to be the same. It doesn't always have to be tall. Is there, can we not, can we not do tall? Can we change fit, it? Fit in with the community. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You can fit in with the community, their standards. So. I'll be interested like to it. see where, where they compromise in this for sure. And then this, this was interesting too. You have Manti, that there's something going on with Manti. I had all but forgotten. Yeah. Like it's just not made a big deal about the Manti temple renovation ever since they had those, that switcheroo with plans and everything. Um, they actually haven't even released any like public plans. They just said, yeah, we're going to preserve the murals, but they didn't release any renderings or anything or really even tell us much about what's going to happen. And so, but we kind of saw um, this last week, they uh, revealed kind of the front of the new annex and kind of similar to Salt Lake, they're um, making the annex look more consistent with the rest of the building. They added a new Holiness of the Lord plaque, which looks a little bit more consistent with the style of the rest of the building. And so, yeah, it's been closed for 18 months. Um, and who knows how much longer it'll be closed for 2026 they're going <laughs> to open the manti temple and the salt lake temple in the same year i saw that about the salt lake temple and i just was about like okay so so maybe they're not ever opening this thing again pushed back to 2026 yeah they say there's unforeseen challenges and all that but they don't say what the challenges are they just I wish, say, yeah we're gonna yeah i wish they would Sometimes things just get delayed and it's just compound effect and there's not necessarily one thing that causes it. I, uh, yeah, um, in April, they're starting to um, install the base isolators. So they'll be putting those underneath the foundation. Right now they've laid like a, con a concrete slab around the perimeter of the temple. Um, it's 35, 35 feet underneath the foundation. It's just so that the crews can work around the temple and then they'll, they'll probably remove it after they're done. Interesting. It's such an immense project. They don't have, they haven't released a, a budget of what it's ultimately going to cost, have they? This church doesn't release budgets, but um, a temple in uh, Colombia, the um, the contractor reported that they had saved ten million, the church ten million dollars on the project. And so, hmm. if they if the saving margin was ten million dollars, probably yeah, the whole geez. budget was you know around a hundred or so. And that's just a small temple, a new temple in Colombia, and so. The Salt Lake Temple, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, hundreds it's gotta be of millions, a, maybe a billion. I was gonna say, it's, I would think it would be even into the billions with how with much the whole temple probably, square. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Uh, and and then also the Lion and Beehive houses, uh, they're gonna be closed pretty soon. They're opening again. What's going on there? Um, yeah, the also having a, a renovation. I don't probably I'm not. They haven't released details about that, but mm -hmm. right after conference on April eighth, they'll be closing. The Joseph Memorial Building has already closed to the public, so all those restaurants and everything are closed. And then in the fall, they'll be moving to the area around the assembly hall where they're going to remove that um, restroom area that's kind of attached to the wall because they're moving rest of the wall. And by then they'll be finished with the part on the northwest, which is a new restroom facility and some gardens. So by the fall, um, the area by the church office building and that area by the tabernacle will be finished. So there'll be a new areas of Temple Square to walk around. And get engaged and, you know, see Christmas lights and all that. In front of the scaffolding of the temple. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, when we chatted uh, last time on the temple ticker, you talked about how at some point there's not going to be any of that stuff on the temple grounds, but it's all speculative. It was all Reddit released. It was all hush hush. Any more movement in that group or on that front? I mean, it was taken down from Reddit, so the church obviously had copyright that they took down with that, so it wasn't some spoof or anything. It was something they were considering back in 2021, so um, who knows what they're considering now. It could, it's pretty fluid. Um, we'll see.
Yeah. Make sure you go back and listen to our last articles of news with our temple ticker. If you don't know what we're talking about, because we're not going to rehash it right now, but it's scandalous. Now, <laughs> we look toward uh, the general conference this weekend. Uh, I asked you when we spoke last to talk about uh, some temple predictions, and I limited you to a number. Uh, so let's get through these pretty quick because, well, they are just predictions or speculations. Uh, you have 10 Temple predictions. Tell me where we're going. Okay. Um, Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. It's going because the other one is fast. in what? Raleigh? Raleigh, Durham? Raleigh. Okay. And both of them got new stakes recently. So okay. you can't say that the church is in decline in that area. It's growing. Okay. Um, Arizona, President Nelson hasn't announced a temple in Arizona yet. So I'm thinking maybe Flagstaff, maybe Prescott. Okay. Okay. Um, last time he announced a third temple in the area of Dallas, Texas, and Prosper. So I'm thinking that maybe Houston also deserves at least a second temple. Yeah, maybe there come in the on, south. Houston a second one. Maybe near Galveston Bay area, Sugarland area. Yeah, I like the idea of a Sugarland temple. I'd love that <laughs> announcement to be, to be announced. Sugarland, Texas. Ah, okay. Uh, I think maybe Dublin, Ireland. Um, if there can be one in Brussels, Belgium, there can definitely be one in Ireland, which is a lot further away from the nearest temple. And that and that's probably more for convenience rather than membership, right? That'd be a nice, uh, real small temple because the membership is strong there, just not huge. Yeah, there's like two stakes, which yep. is the same as Belgium, but Belgium's a lot closer to the Netherlands currently. So, yeah, let Dublin have a temple. Come on, full of shamrocks and <laughs> lucky charms in the waiting. I don't know. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, I'll see you. And then Uganda is interesting because then we get to Africa. We're thinking a lot in Africa or just this one? Um, I mean, there could be more, but I think Uganda is the, the, definitely probably the next country that will get its first um, temple there. Yeah, it's actually the country with the most members without a temple right now. And is, oh no, I'm thinking Ghana. I was going to say, uh, isn't Ghana where the, uh, or Uganda where the MTC is, but that's Ghana, not Uganda. That's Ghana. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Maybe another one there, maybe in Cape Coast, but. Hmm. Um, the next one, Osaka, Japan. Um, the temple in Okinawa is getting finished. Um, right now, Osaka is a big area of membership, maybe either Kobe or Kyoto as well. So maybe one of those cities. Okay. Uh, next, Santiago, Dominican Republic. So there's already one in the Dominican Republic, but this would be in the, the north, a uh, city that's to the north. And that's a it's a fairly um, small island, but lots of members of the church? Yeah, there's like 25 stakes. There's Jeez. three in the city of Santiago. So, okay. Yeah, yeah get, it, get him another temple. Um, we know that President Nelson announced those four temples around the Mexico City area. So I'm thinking that maybe an area that could receive more temples is Lima, Peru. Um, there may be one in the south part of the city that could be announced. And then for Brazil, there could be lots of places in Brazil that could get a temple. But I'm thinking maybe Florianopolis or kind of the neighboring city of, of San Jose. So we'll see. And you're thinking they're going to get one, even though they just got one, and Mexico just got all those. You're saying at this, if there's ten, that that Mexico and that Brazil is each going to get a temple. Is that what I'm hearing you say? They could, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, of course they could. On all of these, they could, Corey. <laughs> uh, and then give me your long shot. Long shot. Um, we've seen some surprise areas where President Nelson has announced temples, such as Russia or China. I think the next place that would be a surprise would be Venezuela. Um, it's a city that has, or a country that has had a lot of uh, problems with its government, problems with inflation. Um, it seems like in the past year, it's kind of calmed down. Maybe it's just our U.S. ears don't hear as much about it. Mm. But a temple in Maracaibo, Venezuela, I think is well-deserved. And so we'll see if that happens. 
And then you made a list of honorable mentions. It's worth just, we'll just blast through these real quick. Sure. Um, honorable mentions. Lehigh, Utah. Mm -hmm. Maybe Saratoga Springs. It's not big enough. Who knows? Uh, El Paso, Texas. It's hard to get across the border to Juarez. So we'll see what happens. Um, Fairbanks, Alaska, super far north, super far from Anchorage. Um, and then all the way down to the south, Punta Arenas, uh, Chile. And so th these would be two temples that would be the furthest north and the furthest south temples. Hmm. So also super isolated. Could get a temple, Iquitos, Peru. Um, maybe another one in Uruguay in the north, maybe Rivera. Um, another one in northern, northern Brazil, um, south, I think it's Jao Pessoa. Um, a shout out to my mission, Cancun, Mexico. I, I've always been incredulous that it would never happen. But now that I saw those four temples in Mexico City, it's now I believe that it will happen yeah. eventually. Especially how yeah. many members of the church go to Cancun. You could do a, a temple session as you get off the boat on your cruise. Right. You bet. Let's do it. Cancun. And then maybe if, maybe if not Ireland, maybe Scotland. Maybe that would be a better place. Okay. And then long-time prediction... Ulaanbaatar, uh, Mongolia, probably the most isolated place out of any of these. So, we'll and see. then you have a, a bracket. What is this about? Yeah. So every year, uh, for the past few years, I've made like a, a sports bracket. Basically, um, I have like sixty-four locations where I think maybe could possibly have a temple. Um, and so, if you wanted to play along, you can maybe advance the ones that you think are most likely to be announced and. We'll see what gets announced. And there's also spots on the bracket to put a wild card. So if there's something that's not already on there, you can um, write down there. I love it. You'll be able to download that uh, from the show notes with this episode. All right, sir, I've taken way more of your time than I normally do. Uh, may you uh, be get may you get all 10 of your predictions right. May we get 10 more temples this weekend. Uh, it's a lashing for every temple you got wrong. So... I hope that you're uh, you're ready for that. I I didn't tell you that going into that, but shouldn't have done those honorable mentions. Yeah, yep. For everyone you got wrong, I've got a cat of twelve tails, not nine. I'm going a little bit more aggressive, and you get a whip every time you get one of those wrong. I hope that's not sacrilegious. I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of the Cultural Hall. The Cultural Hall. Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row. We really got to go. Show.